Hello, everyone. This is Anne McElhenney. And this is Phelan McAleer. This is the Anne and Phelan Scoop. And uh, it's really good to be back after yes. we were we were on the road. We were over in Dennis Prager's house the last time. Yes, yes. Um, and that, uh, yeah, we in did his our library. last... In his library, yeah, with his dog. Yeah. yeah. And actually, de- after the interview, we went for dinner with Dennis, and he said he really enjoyed it. He said, I suppose it's true... So very often, yeah, he he's doesn't, questioning people. He's questioning people, and he actually really enjoyed being questioned. So in today's show, we're going to be talking about Lisa Page. We're going to be talking about a union that destroyed several businesses over complete union madness. We're yes. going to be talking about Giving Tuesday and asking you if you wouldn't mind giving. And we are going to talk about, uh, we're going to do a movie review of Won't You Be My Neighbour, the Tom Hanks, the recently released Tom Hanks film. Oh, and Mr. Rogers. we are going to talk about a recipe, a new recipe, which is a recipe for mince pies. Mince pies. Very very, very British. Apples and, and pears. Apples and pears. Um, and I'll tell you how to make that incredibly easily. And it is unbelievably addictive. So you could um, swap out your, you know, so other addictions for yes. this particular addiction for this holiday season. It's, uh, I, I have tested these mince pies, I can confirm. Film has tested. We were doing a quality to control thing after we made them yesterday. And, and I, could not control the, I could not control the quantity of, of the, consumption. In, during the quality control exercise. Yeah, yes. that's very bad. So, um, yes. So, first of all, we're going to talk about Lisa Page. So, what, what happened with Lisa Page uh, yesterday? Who is Lisa Page? Who is Lisa Page, Philip? You, you tell me. The FBI lovebirds. FBI lovebirds. So Lisa Page is was the senior counsel uh, for Andy McCabe, who's a direct deputy director of the FBI. But you may know her as uh, the lover, the lover of Peter Strzok, the senior FBI agent uh, who, along with Lisa Page, started the Russia hoax investigation. He was the one who said we need to investigate candidate Trump because it's likely he's a Russian agent, uh, and was in charge of the investigation. By the way, a complete breach of FBI protocol starting an investigation and being in charge of it. Oh, interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah, I think it makes sense, actually, because if you started with a certain idea... Yeah, you you, need a fresh set of eyes to go on to the information. So he breached that protocol, but that's minor. He... These people were... You know, Trump's not going to get elected, says Lisa Page, in a text message. No, we will stop it. Yeah, says we will stop says, it. says yeah. the senior counter espionage agent at the FBI. And you're meant to believe then. You're meant to believe, you know, that. And they're writing these texts using their work phones. And you're meant to believe after that that, of course, they're unbiased. That they absolutely bring none of this um, p- political yes. their political leanings yeah, or well, their political dislike of D- Donald Trump to their investigation. Yeah. You're meant to believe that. Struck said in a text message. You know, I feel like I. I, I messed up with, you know, paraphrasing there with the Clinton investigation into her emails. But we're going to change that um, uh, with, the, uh, with the with with the Trump investigation. And then she says, you know, why are you starting this investigation as an insurance policy? That was what he was the candidate, as insurance an insurance policy. policy. In, the in, unlikely, can, in the unlikely event yeah, that, he gets, that he gets elected. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. So, so, and vomit, 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 you know, like the kind of, yeah. The, the, I, yeah, the, I could smell, I went to a, a Southern Virginia Walmart and I could smell the Trump support. But actually, Enough of us recreating those text messages because we, as you, as you all know, we did the FBI lovebirds uh, undercovers. Uh, by the way, I wanted to make it clear. I wanted it because I'm old English and uh, British and proper. I wanted to call it the play The Insurance Policy. The Insurance Policy. But that was vetoed by um, my no, populist wife. Correct. I wanted it to be called The FBI Lovebirds Undercovers. Undercovers, yes. do you get it? And undercovers. I, undercover, so I undercovers. Remember, I remember I sold really. this project to Dean Cain as... Uh, oh, in a very... As, as 
the insurance policy. You know, this is going to be, you know, a, a, a journalistic voyage through, you know, the deep state, you know. And uh, then I had a phone up and said, actually, we've decided it's going to be called FBI Lovebirds Undercovers. And I was dreading he was going to go, this is, and uh, I says, we've got a new name for it. And he goes, what is it? And I go, FBI Lovebirds Undercovers. And he burst out laughing. You Love see? it, he said. You see, yes. see, he liked, he liked yes. my idea best. Yes, okay. All right. So, so where are so we? What, so what oh, did Lisa, so, hang on. So what did Lisa Page, so she gave this exclusive, massively important, exclusive interview to the Daily Beast. What did she say? Well, first of all, you can see that we filmed Dean Kane and Christy Swanson playing Peter Strzok and Lisa Page. You can see it on FBI. Here's a quick reminder of the trailer. Did you get laid yesterday? I didn't. I'm concerned that someone forgot to validate my time or something. Oh, ha, uh, that's funny. Paid, not laid. There's no way he gets elected, Dash. But I'm afraid we can't take that risk. It's like an insurance policy. God, Hillary should win 100 million to zero. <laughs> Just went to a Southern Virginia Walmart. I could smell the Trump support. Vomit. Vomit. Vomit, vomit, vomit. You can come hang out in 4012 with me. I have remnants of Cubota chips and salsa. Going to be a Clinton Trump race, unbelievable. What? Exclamation point, question mark, exclamation point, question mark, question mark, question mark. Please don't ever text me again. Oh my God, that makes me laugh so much when I watch that. Every time I watch that, I just love it. And you can watch the whole thing, and by I the way, by going to um, the, the the site, which we'll put we'll put the name of the site there so that you can get it. And we'll also put it up on the What's Facebook FBI, page. What is it, Devon? FBI? Lovebirds.com. FBILovebirds.com. It'll bring you directly to the whole yeah, okay. thing. Okay, so Lisa. Yes, yes. What did she, what did she say at the Lisa weekend? Lisa is innocent. Uh, to quote Lisa, there is no fathomable... There is no fathomable way I have committed any crime at all. Well, first of all, Lisa, I know I said it was seditious and treasonous. No one's actually said you've committed a crime. Um, I mean, it's probably not a crime to to start uh, investigating the President of the United States. You know, it's it, it's you shouldn't be in law enforcement. You should be working in Walmart if you think, if you, if you, if you believe in the Russian, actually, that's an insult to the people of Walmart. Not only that, you can be an idiot for a prim, primary presidential campaign, lose horrendously and get rehired by the next one. Because um, uh, did you see um, Kamala Harris's chief of staff or somebody resigned and wrote a scathing letter about how... It was accidentally leaked. Never in all my day. And now she's gone and worked for the, um, for the Bloomberg campaign. I was like, I'm going, Mike Bloomberg... Yeah, you took you're just, you, you, yeah, you're you're just taking one, someone who yeah. who's, Kamala Harris started off like with what twenty percent in the poll. She's now at three. You're, you're taking someone who brought someone from twenty to three percent, and then is unfaithful and disloyal and writes this crabby letter and leaks it to the New York Times or something. That's that's the and kind that, of person you want on your team, Mike Bloomberg. Obviously, there's very few talented people in the world. Exactly. So so Lisa Page should work for um, uh, a, a not for profit. I think so. No one's saying so. She's innocent. She's given a new interview to the Daily Beast. And, you know, 
She doesn't think she has post-traumatic stress disorder. Do you know why? I know that. I saw that. She doesn't think she she doesn't think she has post-traumatic stress because disorder. It's still ongoing. Yeah. So yeah. she has ongoing post-traumatic stress disorder. But she wanted she was, was at that? pains she was at pains to explain to people, which I thought was kind of funny, that I think she, I think she was particularly so when um after actually after our lovebirds came out, the same basically the same day or the day after, Donald Trump had a rally and he did a kind of a reenactment of, of parts of, of the trailer of actually. our of part of the trailer, right? Of the trailer of our of he, our Trump, of the lovebirds. President Trump did tweet the trailer. Oh oh Lisa, oh Lisa, I love you. Oh oh Peter, I love you and all that. And basically she's misinterpreted that as the the president of the United States reenacting an orgasm. Yes, and I think a bit of a disappointing orgasm. I to be honest, say, no, as I orgasms say, go, it, as orgasms go, there was a, far too many words in it. By the way, yes. I think for a regular orgasm. But sure, who am I well, to talk <laughs> as an expert on that and well, everything? Yeah, the, not, we're not going there. By the way, we're we just have, not going gone there. there. We've, we've gone, gone there, there and just said it, and we're just going to leave that as just leave yes. that in place. But she, she, oh yeah, that was extremely yeah. traumatizing. I mean, for he her. tweeted it about me four days ago. She told me on November eighteenth when Roger Stone got convicted. He asked, "Why isn't Page in jail too?" Not to mention, you know. His truly reprehensible, degrading stunt at his rally, in which he used my name to simulate an orgasm. No, he didn't. I, I don't know, wh- and I don't ever know when the president's going to attack next. Isn't that fabulous? And when it happens, it can still sort of upend my day. You don't really get used to it. So her day gets upended on a regular basis by the president of the United States. Um, is, that for, is that a new word for orgasm, getting your day upended? Oh, oh. Okay. Okay. Fair just, I just want to for the record. So, the, in every, all these articles, they always say the inspector. You know, of course, the inspector general report found no wrongdoing and no. This is what the inspector general found, right? Uh, uh, in relation to Lisa Page and, and Lisa Peter Lisa Strzok. Pa- yes, the conduct of the five FBI employees, FBI, FBI employees, employees. Uh, has brought discredit to themselves. So doubt about the FBI's handling of the mid-year investigation and impacted the reputation of the FBI. Um, as as described, our review did not find documentary or testimonial evidence directly connecting the political views these employees expressed in their text messages. Nonetheless, the conduct by these employees cast a cloud over the FBI mid-year investigation and sowed doubt on the FBI's work and, its, and on its handling of the mid-year investigation. Then they go on. We are deeply troubled by this text message of struck and page that potentially indicated or created the appearance that investigative decisions were impacted by bias or improper considerations. Most of the text messages raising such questions pertain to the Russia investigation, which, which was, was not, not a part, part of, of this, this review. review. Nonetheless, when one senior FBI official struck, who was helping to lead the Russia investigation at the time, conveys in a text message to another senior FBI official, Page, that we'll stop candidate Trump from being elected after other extensive text messages between the two disparaging candidate Trump it is not only indicative of a biased state of mind but even more seriously implies a willingness to take official action to impact the presidential candidate's electoral prospects and I, it goes on then you know there's a, this is antithetical to the core values of the FBI what are the core values of the FBI? I might add, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. does the FBI yeah. have core values? We don't know. Uh, however, as we describe in Chapter 9, in assessing Strzok's decision to prioritize the Russia investigation over following up on the mid-year re- uh, on the Clinton-related investigation lead discovered on the Wiener laptop in October 2016, and this is important, these text messages led us to conclude that we did not have confidence that Strzok's decision was free from bias. Yeah, so not exactly a nothing burger no, there. Yeah, yeah that's, this is Lisa not... Lisa Page a- saying, oh, we were cleared, we were cleared. He said, 
he he's not clear that you were free from bias. He's not clear yeah. about this. Yeah. This is the Inspector General. And as he says, most of their text messages, the bad ones, were about the Russia investigation, which was not the subject of the previous Inspector General's report. So let's see when the new Inspector General's report comes out next Monday. Let's see yeah. what that has to exactly. say. Exactly, exactly. Oh, um, on lighter notes, uh, Babylon B, actually. You should we really love the Babylon B. B. Here, just, just uh, is Mon- Monday is Cyber Monday, is it? Yes? Mm, we just had, yeah, Monday oh, passed. Yeah. Monday passed was Cyber Monday. So it's Church of, uh, hi- 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 uh, headline in, the, in Babylon B, Church of Scientology slashes membership fee to 300,000 in huge Cyber Monday sale. Isn't that okay, fabulous? moving on. Yeah, yeah, I like that. So, moving right along. So we came across this fabulous story in the, the LA Times of the weekend. Yes. Just everything you ever wanted to know about unions, but were afraid to ask. And here I have. Everything you ever wanted to know about unions and wanted to understand why people have some kind of antipathy to unions. Here's everything you ever needed to know about unions. Yes. So I just wanted to be clear, we don't buy the LA Times, but we do We do go, not buy the... No, do, what we do is, which is much, much... We were happy about it, actually. So we go to a coffee shop where they have copies of the of the, of the the LA Times. But interestingly enough, a lot of hipsters go there, and I don't think they know what a, what a newspaper is. Yes. So they don't I, recognize this lump the, of paper. We're the only people who read the, the newspaper there. Is and it, let's say occasionally, maybe when we're at that coffee shop and we find a fabulous story, maybe every now and again, occasionally, we might just take the two pages involved that have the story in them. <coughs> Only very occasionally. Only very occasionally, and I think given and it's the by mi- mistake. given the amount of money that we spend there, that mistake is justified. Correct. This it's is an incredibly expensive I like coffee. Page, I am innocent. You are. Tell us the story, Philip. It so, is a great story, so, and by the way, it's a tragic story. By the way, it's a tragic I mean, it's story. Funny. We're laughing, so, but it's it ain't funny. So, how a feud over two jobs tipped the West Coast Longshore Union towards bankruptcy. By the way, that's not the headline. And that is, that is so not the headline. That's not, it is the headline, but it yeah. shouldn't be the headline. Let me just it read that again. Few, yeah. How a feud over two jobs tipped the West Coast Longshore Union toward bankruptcy. If ever there was a story that buried the lead, yes. this, is, this is exactly it's the example. how a feud over two jobs destroyed a port in Portland. Destroyed, the they, wiped, they closed it. They, they closed, closed a it. port. They, and, and by the way, would you, do you not think that that maybe is a bigger story oh, yeah. than a union going bankrupt? Yeah. But what happened? How did this even happen? So they opened with a feud that could wind up bankrupting the powerful West Coast Dock Workers Union began like a scene from B grade gangster film when two met, men met over a calamari lunch. According to federal court testimony, Lil Sundet. A burly, blonde union leader introduced himself in a Portland, Oregon restaurant to Elvis Ganda, a gray-haired port terminal executive, with the words, I'm, I'm the guy that can F you badly. Bleep you badly. I think. Uh, I, no, F. I think I can say F badly. Okay, well, we'll put that to the Standards Commission afterwards. We will. I'm the guy that can F you badly. I love it. It's like the opening, to, you know, it's like the opening scene in a gangster movie. So Sundet was held the second highest position in the Longshore but this this fight was not over. We need more money for our members because you know how much a, a, a or, union. A, a union. Oh yeah, yeah. Worker? There's nice little bits dropped in here. I'll do this. The ILWU, which is the Longshore Workers Union, whose fifteen thousand dock workers make an average of how much? How much? Okay, Magda, throw out a number there. The average for these fifteen thousand dock workers. Give us a number. Just throw a number out. A year. Yeah. A year. 
Come on. 70,000. So thank you, thank you, thank you, Magda. We're good with you. you know, okay, Yvonne, throw us a number. How much do you think the... A, uh, a dock worker. A dock worker, the 15,000 dock workers, what's the average pay for a dock worker up in Portland? Give us a number. Okay, we got 65, we got 70,000. Okay, news to you gals. $171,000 is the average salary. And by the way, this is the, like like this is the, this story. I, I just love that. I mean, there's a nice detail that you mightn't have known that dock work. Because I, in my head, you think dock work. It's a working man. Okay, those guys definitely need a union because I'm not well paid. Whatever. Yes. Yeah, one hundred and seventy-one thousand. Yes. Okay, Phelan, what happened to these unfortunate workers? Yeah. So these troubled, downtrodden it's a working workers. Man okay. No I singing, Phelan. No singing. Now. Okay. They, so these poor, downtrodden workers of the world unite type people. We're not looking, the, the leadership, we're, we're not looking to increase that measly pay. $171,000 average. The, the, the manager, they actually, what happened was the employers had two workers who were working some thingy and they said they should be in our union and the other union said, no, actually they're in our union and the fight was over. The fight was over uh, what union the workers should be in. And that's what closed this. It wasn't a fight over pay and conditions or health and safety or dangerous conditions or anything like that or rain or anything. No, we don't want we don't want these two workers in this union. We want them in that union. Yeah. And obviously that's an incredibly principled and important thing to fight really hard for. And, and to destroy. fight so hard for that you close a port. Yes. And not alone, obviously the port closed. But can you imagine the amount of businesses that were adversely affected by that? Yeah. And by the way, if you are at $171,000 a year and there are 15,000 of you, my God, that is an incredible impact to the economy in the local yeah. area. So and all of the ancillary businesses, by the way, that are connected to the port, all gone, all gone, because two, well, unions, uh, yeah. because two unions decided to fight over this. The employer took them to court and won a $94 million judgment against the union and that's why they're going bankrupt and you know they they destroy the business by going slow you know Sundet guided the local chapter of the union as members drove trucks and cranes slowly took indirect routes around the container yard parked vehicles to block block in reefers and faked mechanical problems so they would fake mechanical problems to, to destroy the business the next year shipping lines Hanjin and Hapag Lloyd decided to leave the port for good leaving only Westwood a small carrier so then eventually Westwood left as well and uh, as the, at the, I'm just I mean it's just every part of this story is worth reading as the depart and we'll put the story up by the way on Facebook as the departure deadline approached the dock foreman told Sundet that a manager wanted to replace him with an experienced operator tell him to go F himself Sundet replied yeah and refused to leave the cab according to Lusk report which Sundet whatever out of, you know yeah. out of time the westward Columbia that's the ship departed for Asia with 141 containers that should have been dropped off in Portland 47 containers remand, oh, remained uh, stranded, stranded on the dock. The dock. So uh, uh, the, the, the ship was not filled. It had to leave. It had left all that stuff behind. So th- that's the wonder of unions. And, yeah, uh, I mean, you know, and can you imagine that this fight over these two guys being between these two unions, that this went on for a long time. Years. And obviously, it, you know, it, you know it, things got worse and worse. And it, and it, you know, it got worse and worse and, uh, and 
and and obviously the situation was looking super bleak. Can you imagine that in the middle of how bleak it was looking, where people were obviously saying, my God, guys, let's get this sorted. Yes. That no one came in into those unions and said, we need to stop this right now because look what's at stake here. 15,000 unbelievably well-paid jobs yeah. plus all the ancillary benefits to the economy. And no one said that. That's how completely mad unions are and how little they care about, for, workers. about workers. Imagine 100, I, I mean, 100, yeah, we're going to say it again. $171,000 average, average, which means some people earned a shed load more than that. Yes, yes. And I'm sure, that, like with unions, there's a usual bunch of no-show jobs. Oh, well, actually, it's very funny. So here, I don't know how this uh, part of the... The newspaper happened to come happened home to with us. here because, you know... We have no idea. I definitely didn't steal it. But look, here's the picture they use. And uh, we're putting up that uh, picture, we'll the picture, by the way. That they use to illustrate the story. And what do you hear what the caption... Now, it's not connected to this particular dispute. Top officials from a chapter of the International Longshore and Warehouse Union protest port automation at an April meeting at the LA Harbor Commission. Oh, yeah. They put, so, you know, so think about that. They're protesting automation. Well, you understand why, right? Of course. (laughs) But it's like, you're not what? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not gonna. You're not gonna stop the clock on automation, right? Well, you know what? Maybe they are, but but <laughs> but you're 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 making goods more expensive for people, and you're destroying businesses to protect a couple of thousand workers uh, who will get other jobs. But maybe they won't get one hundred and seventy-one thousand dollar jobs. And you know what? Maybe they don't deserve it either. Um. I, yeah, anyway, it's, it's a great story. And as I said, we'll put that up on the Facebook page. Um, right now, we just want to do a very quick appeal. We haven't done this before. It's like we're in episode, I think, 19 here. But I hope that you're enjoying the podcast. I hope that you're enjoying the information that we're bringing to you. We want to do a lot more of it. We want to go on the road. We want to interview a lot of interesting people. We've got a couple of very interesting interviews coming up and a couple of special projects that we're going to talk a little bit about. Mm, very, very special project. Very, very special project. But right now, I just want to talk about Giving Tuesday, which was yesterday. Um, but you can go right now to the apscoop.com, the apscoop.com and give what you can. Give what you can. And we'd love to have sustaining members. If you wanted to give $10, $20 a month, it would be it would mean a huge amount to us. Any amount, actually. Any amount that you can give yeah. would be great to keep us going. Um, 2020 is going to be an incredibly important year. And some of the things that you know that we're you know, expert on and things that we care about are things that are going to be huge issues next year. The abortion issue is going to be front and center, but also the fracking issue. And as you know, we made the fracking documentary, Frack Nation. Um, And we're just going to show... well, we're not going to show that right now, but but the fracking document, the fracking issue is incredibly important. Yeah. You have all the Democratic candidates all getting together and saying the same thing. They're saying we're going to stop it. Yeah. We're going to ban all fracking. Yep. The implications of that are uh, unconscionable. They're, it's it's inconceivable what would happen if that were to happen. So we're going to be talking a lot about fracking. We want to go to Midland. We want to do a podcast uh, about this very issue on the road in in the places that it, where where we can talk to workers. We can talk to those people and say, hey, you know, do you, yeah. does everyone have cancer here, for example? Is there seismic activity constantly? It's all those types yes. of things. So we would ask you to give what you can yes. because, obviously, as I said, yesterday was Giving Tuesday to the apscoop.com, the apscoop.com. We're going money, to put that up. Is that money tax deductible? And that money is tax deductible. And we're going to put the... You know that website up that you're going to see it on your screen right now. The AP Scoop, and as I said, yeah, so we're we a five hundred one. We're a we can't do this without you. We can't, and the we enjoy this. And, but, and we and we're and I meant to read actually. Maybe maybe we could find it before the end of the show. We wanted to read some of the letters that we got from some of you guys. Really, really nice and really kind. Um, as some somebody said recently. 
Yvonne might be able to find that email first. But somebody said that they had come, come for the information and stayed for the food. Was that it, right, Yvonne? I got yes. that right. So came for the information and stayed for the food. A lot of people like the cats. Some people who didn't like the cats were, were curtailing their activities. Let's just say. Let's just say we're, yes, we're, yes, we're working we're, on. We're uh, working on their behavior skills. Yes. Uh, and yeah. hopefully, and hopefully, we won't have any more incidents like so we please, had. We can't do this without you. We need you. We don't like asking for. We hate the, asking, but it's important. And you've been very generous to our projects in the past. And talking of which, I mean, we yes. have a really, really, really special project coming, coming up. up. Coming up next, next week. week. And what we'd <laughs> ask you to do, the best thing to do, is to sign up to get very early information about that project. And you can do that by going to. Yvonne. What is it, Yvonne? Where do we go to for people to sign up for the special project for next week? AP-exclusive. AP-exclusive. AP-exclusive.com. The AP-scoop-exclusive.com. AP-scoop-exclusive.com. Again, that's going to go up on the screen. AP-scoop-exclusive.com. And you will be... We cannot tell you. We can't tell you. We can't tell you what the project is. But honestly, you're going to be really, really happy... To hear about it. And so sign up now and you might actually get a little early information um, in a few days. In Friday, yeah. In Friday. I think you might get some You know our projects. We've done the Gosnell movie. We've done uh, FBI FBI Lovebirds. Lovebirds We've done the Clinton emails. Clinton emails. We did Frack Nation. We did Ferguson. You know, so we're... We got an exciting thing. We got happening. an exciting thing. And we uh, want you to be the first to know about you're it. You're going to be the first to know. So go to apscoopexclusive.com. Yeah. Put your email there and you'll be the first to know. And, and uh, while you're there, just go over to the apscoop.com and, and give a donation. And as I to said, make this project to happen. Make, to make this project happen, to make other projects happen. Um, and obviously, sustaining members are a huge thing for us. Don't you agree, Scaredy Cat? Thank you so much. I'm moving right along. It's And thank you for that. You. I'm moving right along. And obviously, this is. The Christmas season. This is going to take me a little bit. This is going to be longer than our normal movie review section. And I think, um, just indulge me, and I hope that you'll be glad I did. So we went to see "Won't You Be My Neighbor," the new film with Tom Hanks in it. And I think we might slightly disagree on it, but I think it's great. I think the film is great. I think it's. I think it's really, really enjoyable. Um, I, you know, let's put it. Let's. It's important maybe to mention the fact that we're obviously Irish. You've noticed that. So we were not brought up with Mister Rogers. It's the story of uh, Mister Rogers. Well, actually, the vice principal at our school was called Mister Rogers, but we'll not talk about that. Okay, the story tells of Mister Rogers being interviewed by a cynical journalist from Esquire magazine for, you know, he was asked originally to do 400 words. It becomes a front, it, the, the, it becomes a cover, a cover story. Um, and, you know, that, so that's, that's the story they're telling, right? So you can go and find the Esquire magazine article mm-hmm. and it's online and it's free. And I cannot possibly recommend reading the Esquire article more and by the time I'm finished, I think you'll all want to read the Esquire article. So what's it's really interesting, article. when you read the Esquire Mart article, loads of it, loads of it, Philip and I read it yesterday, loads of the Esquire article are directly represented in the movie, like verbatim, yes. per, in perfe- perfection, down to the actual, you know, some dialogue yes. that they lifted directly and put in the movie. Much, directly. much dialogue. Much, much dialogue. dialogue. But... Most, you know, many of you listening will, will know what we're, maybe will understand it will, and know this very well. What they did is what they did with the film Unbroken. I, many of you will know that on, the film Unbroken, which was based on the book by Laura Hildebrand about Louis, Louis Zemperelli, Zem, 
Perini, who was the you know Olympic track record holding guy, fantastic, who had had this extraordinary life, who had been in a you know Japanese concentration camp, had, been in the Olympics, had, and had then been in the Olympics, had met Hitler, had this extraordinary life, but had this but was tortured and this thing, and then came back to to Los Angeles, you know, married got into a drinking problem, became super obnoxious, was horrible, had children, and was his wife was basically about to leave him until she said, can you do one thing for me? Just one. Would you go and listen to Billy Graham, who was doing, um, who was, the, evan- the evangelist Billy Graham, who was doing a revival here in Los Angeles, and he went and it changed his life, and he devoted the rest of his life to, to Jesus to Christianity and to doing good. And he said of himself, continuously said of himself, that he really that nothing in his life made sense without Jesus, that his whole story needed to be taken and told through the prism of his conversion and his relationship. His promise when he was in the boat. Yes. He was he was sunk off a ship and he promised that if he got out of it he would dedicate his life to Jesus. He did get out and he didn't and then he did. And then he did. You know and that's so, a, by the way that's a great movie, isn't it? When you think it's about it. It's a great story. But the movie. So the movie, you know, made by Angelina Jolie, directed by Angelina Jolie, decided, they decided, I mean, they sat down and they clearly decided this. They decided, you know what, we're going to leave Jesus out. Yeah. We're basically going to leave Jesus out. And I just think for, and it's so sad, like, Louis Zimbrini was, you know, was dead, basically, mm-hmm. I think before the movie came out. Yes, I think he, I think he was probably gone. And I think, how disappointing, why wouldn't you tell a story? So going flashback and flash forward to Won't You Be My Neighbour, the central story of this man... <laughs> Mr. Rogers is, first of all, Mr. Rogers was an ordained Presbyterian minister. It's not a nothing, right? Yes. It's not a zero. Who, who decided not to follow his ministry, but to bring his ministry through, to children through television. He just viewed the t- his show as another part of his ministry. But here's the ending of the Esquire article, and I want to read it, and I want you to indulge me, and I don't think you're going to regret this. Um, so... The journalist writes, as I said, this extraordinary piece of writing. I cannot possibly recommend it more. Here's how it ends. And the journalist says this. The next afternoon, I went to his office. So he went to Mr. Rogers' office in Pittsburgh. He was sitting on a couch under a framed rendering of the Greek word for grace and a biblical phrase written in Hebrew that means, I am my beloved's and my beloved is mine. A woman was with him sitting in a big chair. Her name was Deb. She was very pretty. She had a long face and dark blue and a dark blush to her skin. She had curls in her hair and stars at the centre of her eyes. She was a minister at Fred Rogers Church. She spent much of her time tending to the sick and the dying. Fred Rogers loved her very much. And so, out of nowhere, he smiled and put his hand over hers. Will you be with me when I die? He asked her. And when she said yes, he said, oh, thank you, my dear. (laughs) Then with his hand still over hers and his eyes looking straight into hers, he said, Deb, do you know what a great prayer you are? Do you know that about yourself? Your prayers are just wonderful. Then he looked at me. I was sitting in a small chair by the door and he said, Tom, would you close the door, please? I closed the door and sat back down. Thanks, my dear, he said to me, then turned back to Deb. Now, Deb, I'd like to ask you a favour, he said. Would you lead us? Would you lead us in prayer? Deb stiffened for a second and she let out a breath and her colour got deeper. Oh, I don't know, Fred, she said. I don't know if I want to put on a performance. Fred never stopped looking at her or let go of her hand. 
It's not a performance. It's just a meeting of friends, he said. He moved his hand from her wrist to her palm and extended his other hand to me. I took it and then put my hand around her free hand. His hand was warm, hers was cool, and we bowed our heads and closed our eyes. And I heard Deb's voice calling out, For the grace of God. What is grace? I'm not certain. All I know is that my heart felt like a spike. And then in that room, it opened and felt like an umbrella. I had never prayed like that before, ever. I had always been a great prayer, a powerful one, but only fitfully, only out of guilt, only when fear and desperation drove me to it. And it hit me right then with my eyes closed, that this was the moment Fred Rogers, Mr. Rogers, had been leading me from, meeting, leading me to, from the moment he answered the door to his apartment in his bathrobe and asked me about Old Rabbit. Once a time, upon a time, you see, I lost something and prayed to get it back. But when I lost it the second time, I didn't. And now this was it, the missing word the unuttered promise, the prayer I'd been waiting to say a very long time. Thank you, God, Mr. Rogers. That's how the Esquire magazine article ended. Mr. Rogers, I'm here to interview you. It is so nice to meet you. You okay? Profiling Mr. Rogers. Lloyd, please don't ruin my childhood. This piece will be for an issue about heroes. Do you consider yourself a hero? We are trying to give the world positive ways of dealing with their feelings. Yeah? Like what? There are many things you can do. You can play all the lowest keys on a piano at the same time. Love broken people like me. Sometimes we have to ask for help, and that's okay. I think the best thing we can do is to let people know that each one of them is precious. Please, please do yourself a favor and read the article. It's long, but you will not be sorry. It's Esquire. It's, it's in Esquire. We're going to put the link up and it'll be on Facebook page. And sorry, I'm not, I'm not good at doing these emotional things. I kind of get, but it's honestly, it's, it's really, really powerful. I read, I couldn't, we couldn't believe it yesterday. We went to see the movie. Then we thought, oh, you know what? We should read the Esquire yeah. article. You read the Esquire article and you think, why does Hollywood do this? Why would Hollywood do this? Destroy this story. Here's a great story. It's not like, I mean, I can understand that certain, par- you know, religious things could be a bit boring, right? This is 
isn't boring. This is really profound. This is at the very centre of someone's heart, his soul. He lays his soul bare. And he's this kind of cool guy who is the top writer for Esquire. And they leave it out. And it's in the same way as it brought the Louis Zamperini thing right back yeah. to me. And I thought, you know what? That's why we want to make movies. That's why we want to tell stories. Because we'd never leave something like that out. Yeah. It's too important. And by the way, it's so inspirational. It's so powerful and inspirational. I would urge people, yes, go and see the movie. I really, really love the movie. But when you read the Esquire article, it brings it to a totally other level. Now, there is a small bit of prayer in, in the movie. But, it's, but when you look read the article, it's... it's it, they do, yeah. There's, in the film, they mention he has a prayer life, that he, that he meets... And I mean, what an extraordinary man that he was, you know, that he had these children. And I honestly, Magdalena, you have got to go and see it. It will... She has problems. Magda has problems with things like this. But I can tell you, you'll be glad you went to see it, that his relationship with children... He was all about children, Mr. Rogers. He loved children. And in fact, he tried later in his life to help adults. It just didn't work out the same. But he had this thing about children. What was the, there was a thing about children. It wasn't what they'll become. It's what they are already. Yeah, why, right why, now. Why are people talking about what children what, will become? No, they're there now. It's there. It's all there now, he said. And they need to be listened to and looked at and talked to. And he really knew how to talk to them. And there's a beautiful scene with him talking to a child who has cystic fibrosis. It, it, it's amazing. He's amazing. Um, just a beautiful person. So I, I, for those of you, I think maybe for people, I, I, you tell me if I'm wrong, Phil, but I would say to people, right, for you guys who know Mr. Rogers really well, read the Esquire article first, maybe, and then go to see the Tom Hanks film, or do it the other way no, around. No, do it the other way around, because actually, the, reading the Esquire article will destroy the film for you. Oh. I think you, you'll go and you'll think, that was a good film, right? And, you know, it was grand, whatever. Well, let us know. I think if you read the article first and go to see the movie, you'll be, you'll be disappointed. Well, I you thought, know. anyway, I think the man was, I think, and I, you know, I think the man was a, was a miracle worker. And I think, and, he, and as I said, in the movie, they do refer to his prayer life that at night he would pray for all these children who had written to him, all these children who had problems, and he'd name them and name them. And this journalist who came, who was this cynical guy who had a troubled life, he totally basically changed that guy's life. Mm -hmm. But they don't, you know, they do it in the movie, but they don't do it in the way of the spiritual life of the, of the, of the man that had been closed yeah. up. And I think that, that is, an, I mean, I just think, can I just, can I just, I mean, the fact that he said it, that the prayer, the saying the prayer was like a spike and then it became an umbrella. I mean, it's, I mean, by the way, the guy was an incredible writer. So I, I would say for the holiday season, I'd highly recommend it. I want to talk about food now <laughs> because um, I should talk about food now. But so here's the thing. About uh, what we made yesterday. Yeah. So we made mince pies yesterday. We made the mince pies together, by the way. And I, I'm all about cheating. I think it's really important. People are really busy and tired. And I think cheating is fine with food. So here's how you cheat this. And it's so easy. So first of all, I didn't know. I started making the mince pies. And I was thinking, I wonder, can Americans buy mince meat? So this is mince meat. And we're showing it up. I think we'll, there'll be a better version of this uh, up on your screen. But basically, this is from uh, Cross and Blackwell. And I just checked it out. All, your, all the supermarkets in America, sir, have this thing called mincemeat. By the way, for those of you who don't know, there's no meat in mincemeat. I'm shocked. There is no meat in mincemeat. I don't know why they called it that. Now, there is suet. So I think the reason that they might say that is I think that the fat is possibly animal fat. Anyway, it's basically um, nice a stuff. very heavy, nice stuff with loads and loads of fruit in it. What you do, and I've put up the recipe. It's super simple. You cut up an apple. You put an apple into some of this. I used a half of this jam jar yesterday and made, what did I make, like 10? Mm -hmm. uh, I made like 10 uh, of these. And I bought the ready-made, ready-rolled pastry from Trader Joe's. And you know what? Yeah. 
Good luck to you if you want to make pastry, and it's great, and it's lovely, and all of that. I just say I, Trader Joe's is overrated. Okay, I'm moving on. Phelan has a thing with Trader Joe's, but I can tell you one thing. I was very impressed with their pastry. Did yes. you not think the pastry no, was the great? No, the pastry was, uh, and I was heavily involved in the pastry. He was, uh, and we're going to put up a whole bunch of photographs of us making the pa- uh, ma- uh, making these mince pies yesterday. They came out of the oven, and by the way, you'll notice, and look at those photographs. They're not the prettiest, right? They're not perfect, but if you came for perfect cookery, this is not the place for it, right? It ain't always pretty, but it always tastes good, right? Like, uh, I think that's the trick, right? But here's what was incredible was, I said, let's just, ha- we were going out for a walk, let's just have one. So I had three, and many did you have? You had three in that one sitting. <coughs> yeah, that was one six. or two, how one many, or two. How many, and, then, and then he came back for more. And just, and here's how you serve them. Serve them with like, you know, clotted cream, heavy pouring cream, or just vanilla ice cream. They are killer. And you know, the truth is, you can eat them cold. I think you can eat them cold. Yes, of course you can eat them let's cold. Let's talk about that. I'd prefer no, no, to eat them warm. I like Why them cold. We, what have we got to talk that's about? A, so, you know, let's go into the more details. But are you going to put the recipe up? Or oh, no, the recipe's uh, going to go. Describe. It couldn't it be simpler? So you're just going to, well, you're just going to, what you do, with, by the way, you don't need a pastry cutter for this. Roll out your pastry. And instead of a pastry cutter, use a glass. You know, find a glass, different B- glass shapes. Big enough for the, for the pocket. The bottom, the bottom needs to be bigger than the top. So you yes. need a lid. You need a bottom. Bigger, big circle, the lid, smaller circle, yeah. and then you're going to spoon in like two, you know, don't so, overfill on. them. People, so you make the big one, you put it into the muffin tray and you, you, you fit it in. Phelan was very good at this And then yesterday. you spoon in not too much. Not too much, but like some of them, a little bit too Some much. of them. And they will explode. Some of them spilled over. Some of them spilled over, but you know, spilled over in a gorgeous way. And then, then you, you just caramelized put thing the lid on. on and do you, what do you... Remember sp- my word caramelized. Caramelized is another word for burnt. Yeah, go on ahead. And uh, you put the lid on. You put the lid on and the, you press lid, down. Little pastry and you press you down. The, you press down, right, to make a seal. Some people will put a little rim of water to help with making the seal. And then I used an egg wash. You could me- use a milk wash either to just get a lovely sheen off the top. Then the other really important thing to do is to prick a hole, you know, not a hole, but just, just prick with a, with a knife, right. with a sharp knife, into the top of all so of them. Explode. So they don't explode. So that they have air to breathe. And then put them in. I, we put at them the in, top of the at oven. At the top of the oven, 400, heat, preheat the oven to 400, put them in for, take them out and look at them at 20 minutes. And by the way, you know when people are not, you know, you know when I'm not 100% saying, oh, exactly 20 minutes. It's because I don't know your oven and you know your oven. If you've got a very fast oven, they'll probably be done in 20 minutes. Um, we, were, we were going more to like 25, 26, 26 seven minutes but what you really want is the top to get a little bit browned and you take them out don't eat them like instantly but yes. you know it's very hard we sort of did but we didn't burn let ourselves them cool, right cool down a bit. let them cool down a bit i took them outside and put them outside because the weather had improved a little bit here um but we had them with the clotted cream crazy california we should do a crazy california section the weather's terrible that's crazy weather's crazy california i want my money back i don't know why i'm paying the high taxes it's 50 degrees today yes. what's how did that happen yes. but i can tell you one thing if you have never tried to make mince pies do it do it, do it, do it. Do it with a suet. Do it, do it with a suet. Oh, <laughs> yeah. look at you, Philem. Um, and send us a photograph. I'd love to see a photograph of your mince pies. And send me any questions. If I've left something out in that, but I've got, the recipe is going to go up on the Facebook page. They're really, really yummy. They're a nice thing to bring if you're going over to somebody's house for a tree trimming. And they're British, in it? And what you could do is bring them over uncooked and put them into their oven, actually, so that you get them out of the oven um, nice and hot. You don't. I don't want to eat them cold. And by the way, can I just say, I have never made mince pies before, but they were a huge success, number one. And number two... I didn't like mince pies before, but I really like these. Yeah, they were great. Really Love nice. Them. And I have to say, this particular mincemeat, as they call it, mincemeat, is pretty nice. Now, that could be because it's cr- there's it's rum and brandy in it. 
Well, you can Cross never go wrong. You know, it's Cross British and Blackwell, mentality. which is a very British name, by the way. But I, I chopped up a little uh, uh, apple in there because it just give it a, just a little bit of different consistency with this with this mincemeat. So anyway, do it, do it, do it, do, do it, it with suet, do it with and suet. Uh, you'll love it. You really will love it. But try not to eat three of them in a row. Um, but they are fabulous, and we're yeah. going to talk about more Christmassy things coming up to the during the during the season. I think we're nearly ready we're, to sign off. Yes. So I cannot emphasize them. Too much. The project next week. The cat is drinking out of I know. Bottle. That's why I'm holding the bottle so he doesn't spill it. Okay. That sound <laughs> that you're hearing is, is is the cat trying to stick okay. his tongue into the, my bottle of water. Which no. I, you know. Stop it. Stop so, it. Stop it. Actually, let's... Yeah. Okay. So, I cannot emphasize. Go and register with your email at apscoopexclusive.com. apscoopexclusive.com, you, for we sure. Are, uh, the project, you are going to be very happy the project is about this drop project. Next week... It is going to be a game changer. We're creating yes. a new idea, yes. new yeah. genre. We can't tell you what it is, but if you like Gosnell, if you like Frack Nation, if you like uh, FBI Lovebirds Undercovers, you're going to love this. You're going to love this. You're going to love this. Yeah, and we and we might be yeah. So send in your yeah, sign up because we will be sending out a little teaser on Friday, uh, and you'll be the first to get it. And yeah, you'll and then don't forget again, Giving Tuesday was yesterday, and give what you can at the apscoop.com. Oh, and what about Amazon Smile? Oh, and Amazon Smile. So here's the thing you can do. Yeah, really quick before we finish. So. This costs you nothing, like zero dollars, but it fact, does it, cost Amazon something, yes. by the way. How so would that's you like, a good thing. How, how would, you, would like you like to take money off Jeff Bezos and, and give, give it to, to us? us. Yes. Now, how, can I sell it better to you? All you've got to do is is sign up for Smile and say that our we are your designated charity. We're the yes. designated charity. So Smile and then every time you buy you, something, every time you buy something on Amazon, we're going to get a tiny amount. And I, Yvonne wants to shout out something. Yes. Make sure it's the unreported. So story Amazon Society. Smile says, "Would you like to donate to Amazon Smile?" And, and then you go in and you put in the name "Unreported Story Society" as as your designated charity. It does not cost you one penny, but every time you buy we'll Amazon, get a Amazon and Jeff Bezos are giving gives us, us money. How how good would you feel? Is about that, that not a great Christmas present? Isn't that isn't that just easy peasy? So, so do that, do it, do it, do it. All you got to do, as I said, when you, you make, go, Amazon Smile makes us smile, makes Jeff Bezos unhappy. That's, that's a winning formula. Win-win. So we'll see you the next time. Thanks so much. Thanks. Bye. Bye.